excited because I just used 3D Touch on the Do Not Disturb button to um, tell it to do not disturb until the end of this calendar event, which is when we finish recording. Nice. Did you set that to 9? 9.30, so actually it's going to overcook it. But I don't care. I don't want to be disturbed for half an You'd hour. You'd rather overcook than undercook with something like this. You exactly. Know? It's like... It's like um, it's not like steak. Well, I mean, I guess it depends. Like, you don't want to undercook steak to the point where you poison yourself, but you don't want to destroy it either by overcooking. I mean, arguably, having a notification ping during a podcast is very similar to poisoning yourself. I mean, it's like impossible to edit out to the point where you just sort of leave it in. If it goes off, it's probably best to comment on it and make it a thing um, rather than just sort of awkwardly leave it in or awkwardly try and edit it out. That's my thing. I think you think about this too much. <laughs> well, I've just spent like a couple of weeks editing two episodes, so. But uh, was there any pings in the last one? Mm-hmm. Oh. Whoops. I don't know if it was the last one or the one before. Well, there's only been two. Well, yeah, but I don't know if it was in the last one, but there was one where a watch went off. Oh, that was that was me in the last one. I remember now. Oh no! It's all right, I've already silenced it though. It's all. I'm just doing not disturbing it. How have you been for the last two weeks? These two weeks are going very quick, actually. Very quickly. It feels like yesterday. Nothing has happened in my life. Nothing Genuinely. at all. Nothing. No. <laughs> I still don't have a new iPad. I do. Yeah, you do. It's cool, but we'll talk about that in a bit. We will. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, Are you any closer to ordering a new iPad? Uh, at this point, I've just decided it'll be next month. It'll be next uh, month. This, so this is an expensive month for me, and I'd rather not be groundbreakingly poor. Um, so I will just wait till next month. I could if I want to, and I do want to, but I also like, you know, food. <laughs> Can you just get Holly to buy you food? Uh Yeah. But it's Holly's birthday, which is why it's such an expensive month. So I can't get her to pay for my food when we're, when it's her birthday. Just low-key be like, yeah, babe, I bought myself an iPad Pro, so this year you're <laughs> going to have to take care of your birthday dinner. Yeah, I don't think that would go down amazingly well. <laughs> I'll reward you. No, I'll... um. Especially since she is paying for part of my current iPad Pro. Your gift for her this year is your company. I'm like, oh, I, I thought you meant as in a corporate entity. I'm like, I don't own one of those. Oh, no. Um, so are you still set on which iPad you're getting? Yeah. Still the uh, 256 yep. Silver 12.9 cellular. Yep, that is what has been sitting in my basket for the last two weeks now. In-store um, pickup? Uh, yes, yeah. Oh, I um, so should have put that on the topic list, my experience at Apple. Oh, um, yes. I don't know how that didn't get onto the topic list. That's a good point, actually, because you haven't stopped talking about it. It was just mind-blowing. Yeah. I'm going to put it right at the top of the iPad Pro impressions thing. Yeah, go for it. That will be how I open that part of the show. Um, Google Docs kind of freaks me out the way it does bullet pointing and lists. I don't think I've actually formatted one yeah it's weird it it make there is a consistency to it so once you sort of get That's it it's always good it, it yeah lots of software doesn't have consistency um but there is definitely a consistency to the way google docs does lists and bullets but <laughs> at first it doesn't make a lot of sense all right let's uh let's open with follow-up um so a couple of notes following on from the keynote 
The iPad Mini 4 was mentioned twice in the keynote and appeared on slides. Last week we talked about how the MacBook Air and the Mac Mini showed up on slides before their their announcement. Uh, so I'm yep. assuming that the iPad Mini 4 is now taken the place that the Mac Mini used to be, which was an important product <laughs> in Apple's lineup. In in kind of word and sentiment only. I mean, the important product in our lineup role basically means we have now decided to update it, but the update isn't ready yet. So I think the iPad Mini is going to return from the dead as a iPad I Mini. I hope so. I hope so, because people talk about it all the time. I am still assuming it will be a fat boy um, and just be called iPad Mini, brackets fifth generation. Yeah, that arguably makes sense. Uh, I don't. I can't see any big changes, to be honest. I don't think it'll be anything crazy. It will get uh, the Mini Three body, I'm sure of it, and it will just reckon? get it will get like an A11 in there when it gets updated in the spring or something. Yeah, it'd be a, quite a good. Like, I bet it will only come. No, I think it will come in 32. And but I don't. I don't think they want to make it cheaper than iPad. Do you not think there is a reason why they they've made they forced the Mini into the 128 config? Um, I'm not sure what it. I'm not sure what the reason is, but I'm sure they discontinued that 32 to make people move over to the 9.7. I mean, that's also arguably because the Mini 4 is outdated, you know? Maybe it's a dis- they're trying to discourage people from buying the old stuff, sure, but maybe, maybe they actually have a, you know, a conscience there. Or maybe it's they just don't want the customer sat to drop. <laughs> yeah. That's what's going on there, for sure. It would definitely drop if I, if I bought a Mini 4. If I bought a Mini 4 at £400 today um, and found out that the processor in it is the same as an iPhone 6, which is now considered, like, obsolete by most people, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't be okay. <laughs> it wouldn't be acceptable no. at all. No. Having said that, I did have someone ask me for one today, if we had any. Did we have any? Do we still sell them? No, 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 no we do not. Well, I'm not surprised. Uh, so yeah, the iPad Mini is probably going to get an update. I'd I'd say by this time next year, I'd I'd bet money this time next year there'll be a new iPad Mini. Uh, yeah, I mean if it's going to happen, I can see it happening now. What wouldn't surprise me, and I'd quite like to kind of see happen, is the iPad and iPad Mini enter a every other yearly upgrade cycle, and then one year the Mini is updated, and then. 29th, sorry, 2020, the iPad 6th gen will be over 7th gen, and 2021, new mini, etc, etc. That'd be kind of nice, I suppose, that there's always a new iPad every March time-ish, um, a consumer-aimed iPad. I personally suspect this March we will see a big redesign of iPad, uh, going back to the... It, it will effectively be a 9.7-inch Pro without the four speakers, like body-wise. I think now that the iPad Pro is so different... I think it's going to basically step into the Air 2 design, and I think that will be it for a while. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, I can see that. I still think the reason it's fat and has the air gap display is is more more to differentiate it than to keep costs down. Yeah, there's definitely a case for that. I mean, it, it it makes sense if if obviously it was always had always been they kept the body of the Air Two, putting that next to a 10.5 inch iPad Pro, it would be hard to sell a 10.5 inch iPad Pro. I mean, it still is because most people can't see the difference because they're dumb. Uh, even harder, be even harder. 
Um, kind of like selling a 10s over a 10r, but harder than that. No, 10s over 10r is actually surprisingly easy because you were quite right when you said people just want the latest phone. It's such a status symbol now. Oh yeah, totally. Undeniably, unless you are a freak like us, you should be getting the 10r. Yeah. The 10r is the this year's best phone because it is. It. It's great, and it's £250 cheaper than the base it's a 10S. a massive difference. The battery life. Oh, well, we'll get on to all this later. Oh, yeah, this is the 10R extravaganza. Hooray! Yeah, it is. At last. <laughs> um, okay, so another piece to follow up is uh, the MacBook Air finally has a retina display, as we talked about last week, Woo! but it is now confirmed that it is not a P3 wide color display. Oh, no. Uh, I mean... Having seen them now, I see the difference, mm. and it's noticeable. It's noticeable, and I would know the difference if I had one, but I, most people aren't going to notice the difference. A, most people aren't going to notice the difference, and I don't think it's necessarily a problem. I Put it this way, the, the glare on the 9.7-inch iPad is a genuine problem. The LCD on yep. the 10R is not a genuine problem, and lack of white no. color on the MacBook Air is not a problem either. No, no, I, no. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's kind of, I guess it's kind of sad it doesn't have it because we all like nice things. And the P3, uh, that is really good. And, and you can see the difference, but it's not, it's not, it's not a bad thing at the end of the day. You know, if you really care that much, spend an extra 50 pounds and get a, for some reason that's still here, 2017 MacBook Pro. Non-touch bar, the escape. Oh, yeah. If you want that peep, d- does that have... A wide color display that I'm sh- assuming it does. It does, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I don't know. For one moment, I thought maybe that was a thing, but oh, it wouldn't surprise me. But no, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. Okay, so the MacBook Air display is worse than the Pro, but 10 million times better. That is a statistic. 10 million times. 10 million times. Yeah. Better they than the 2017 the MacBook Air. Yeah, that should have been a keynote slide. Just Definitely. another arbitrary figure, like how how much faster this this Mac Mini is than the one four years beforehand. This display is actually ten million times better. Like they seem to make things up now anyway, like four times the pixel count. Um, but or <laughs> so it's either four times better or ten million times better. It depends which way you look at it. It's a bit like right? an iPad Pro. It depends who is making the statement <laughs> as to what is true. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like how the uh, the iPad Pro is one thousand times faster in GPU performance than the eight year old iPad, but a billion times better. It's it's just better right? in every way. You can hold it in any orientation, <laughs> and it works, just like the yeah. original one did. <laughs> but a billion times better. Oh, it's amazing. Okay, speaking of iPad Pros, and what isn't a billion times better is the RAM situation on the iPad Pro. Mm. Now, this is one of those mm. things that I'm just sort of, like, ignoring because it, it pisses me off, but it's not, again, it's not a quote-unquote genuine problem. It reminds me of last year with the Series 3 watches with the 8 gigabytes or the 16 gigabytes um, of internal storage, whether you went for the cellular models or the standard GPS models. But this is worse, I think, purely because... The system can utilise it. Right. That was kind of redundant, because once you explain to people that this 
kind of doesn't really count and it's purely I would imagine or I think we're under the impression that's for you know software that it needs to run obviously for the eSIM um, something like different. that something like that anyway it wasn't really user accessible I love how when the Series 3 came out, people actually did pick up on that. I don't know where it came from. Right? But people were actually right? genuinely concerned about it. Like, even Patrick was concerned about it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, it, that's a really weird thing that seemed to catch fire. Like, um, people would say it, and I was like, oh, I sort of read about that. But the point is, with the watch, it's only 2 gig is usable anyway. So it was all just nonsense. <laughs> It really didn't make much sense. And I'm amazed people managed to pick up on this. But no one has asked me about this yet, interestingly No, because no one is ever going to come in and talk to us about a one terabyte iPad Pro. Also very true. But I could I could feel like people, the kind of people that will talk to us, though, they'll be like, well, how come this has six gigs and this one has four? I can that see that. old man, right? Oh, God. Like, this old man is multiple people, but they all form the same entity. It, just that old man. The crazy uncle at Thanksgiving that, like, spreads the lies about the battery throttling last year. That kind of old man. Also still believes that Apple's a horrible company, but also buys all of their products. And he tells you about how he's been using Apple since the Apple II. Oh, no, since since the first Apple computer, which we all know was released in 1998. Yes, since the first Apple computer. Since the first Apple computer. Or he'll talk to you about how he or his significant other used to work in a room with computers the size of the walls. Ah, that's my favourite. That is my favourite. That's my favourite story. (laughs) Oh, I love old people. And now you can go to the moon with an iPhone. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> anyway, no. we've uh, we've uh, gone on a bit of a tangent here. Basically, <laughs> if you yeah. hadn't already heard, the iPad Pro, the one terabyte model, has six gigabytes of RAM, where all the others have four gig. Now, apparently, this is because that extra storage requires an extra two gigabytes of RAM to manage it. Cool. No, I mean, th- this is kind of what I assumed when this first came out because why else other than i believe you said that arguably maybe to push pro users towards the terabyte but that doesn't sound like an apple thing to do and i don't think that's to do with it whatsoever. you will never find apple saying this one has six gig of ram no they won't no i i think it's, it's entirely down to that extra storage not debating that but the point is the system can utilize it which is kind of weird it makes me uncomfortable that I, A, couldn't afford, and B, don't need a one terabyte iPad Pro. But you are now missing two gigs of RAM. I want all the power. I don't care about the storage. I have two terabytes of iCloud storage and a terabyte of Dropbox storage. So my iPad is arguably three terabytes of storage anyway. I'm not paying for the one terabyte. Weird flex, but okay. Weird flex, but okay. I just want the RAM. Now, I know at the moment, and I think this is Apple's thinking... They designed these products to have 4 gig of RAM because currently yeah. in 2018, that's what iOS needs. And iOS is an, is an amazingly efficient operating system which doesn't, it is, manages RAM so brilliantly. But still, you know. But they probably came across an issue where, oh, wait, look, the one terabyte model needs 6 gig of RAM. Now, it wouldn't have surprised me if Apple went down the route of, okay, here's 6 gig of RAM, let's shut that extra two off. Yeah. See, that's what I would have expected to happen. But 
that's not the case. That's very Apple. And normally that would have caused an outcry. Or not an outcry, because not many people are buying these models. But amongst the nerds, that would have been like, why are they doing this? But arguably in this situation, for once, that probably would have been the better thing to do. Yeah, I kind of wish they'd done that. <laughs> they can't win. Because, yeah, it, it makes... Yeah, it's just such a difficult situation to be in, because it... You, you leave everyone that doesn't get the terabyte feeling salty. And not many people are going to need a terabyte worth of iPad Pro storage. I think the whole thing is... Like, I know my iPad Pro sitting here isn't going to crash on me when trying to run an app. Simple apps. <laughs> like that thing Vatici did to run a short... Uh, I called it a short flow, nearly. <laughs> a, a work cut? What? Um, a short... What's a short, a short flow cut work cut. That, like, encoded a 5K image, like, thousands of times. I'm, I'm butchering this. I can't think of it word for word as to what exactly he did. But it basically crashed out on the 4 gig, whereas it completed in 45 seconds on the 6 gig. And it just shows the system can utilize it. You've got to do something crazy to push it to that upper limit, which is a testament to iOS. That in 2018, you have to do something insane to make it use 6 gig of RAM. (laughs) Whereas computers, I wouldn't spec any... Literally, right now, for my use, I wouldn't spec a Mac with less than 32 gig of RAM. Because the 16 on my iMac is usually used. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the fact that my iPad is chilling fine on 4 is just amazing. (laughs) Isn't it? And it destroys pretty much almost everything else in obviously speed benchmarks. Now they're kind of arbitrary, but still. I am in awe of the power of this thing. Like, knowing that it's just in that thin slab of glass what this potentially could be doing is very exciting. Totally. Totally. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's very cool. But I think the sort of end, the sort of summary of this is it's bloody annoying, but it's again, <laughs> not a problem. That's going to be the catch. That's going to be the catch race. <laughs> it's bloody annoying, but it's not a problem. Yeah. It's, it's a shame but at the same time, if they were to be like, okay, well, why don't we go back and then make all of them six gig? Well, that would drive the cost up. And also it starts being like, it's not very Apple to do it, chuck a load of RAM in to make everyone happy. They do what they need to do. As far as mm. they're concerned, mm. RAM is just a part of the system and it's not a spec to advertise. Cool. Can we stop talking about iPads now? Because otherwise I'm going to have to buy one. Very nearly. I mean, there'll be a t- this is just follow-up. <laughs> um, final piece of follow-up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the MacBook Pro. This is this is all stuff sort of to do with this follow up is all sort of to do with the keynote. So stuff we didn't Basically, mention last week. Yeah. Um, the MacBook Pro is getting new GPU options. In fact, it's got them now. Um, Has them now. Yeah. As of literally now, uh, nineteen fifty seven forty six seconds um, on Saturday the seventeenth of <laughs> November. That That's when they when went they... on sale. Right now, yeah, okay. No, that is, that is just all a compulsive lie. They actually went on sale a couple of days ago. You can now spec them with Vega 16 and 20 graphics cards um, at an additional cost. I believe they still... I don't think either of these are a base config. Um, they haven't changed. There's just a new option. These are the graphics cards that debuted with the iMac Pro last December. And uh, wow, man, imagine yeah, these things. crazy. <laughs> like a... A fully ma- let's have a look at this. Uh, Fifteen. I looked MacBook it up. Pro. Checked the other day. Just over six and a half thousand pounds. 
That's it now. That's what they're up now. I believe they were 6-2 beforehand, but now you can get spec them up to 6-5. Correct. Real-time follow-up. You are spot on. It's £6,524. That is for a 15-inch MacBook Pro with a 2.9 gigahertz 6-core i9 processor, 32 gig of DDR4 RAM, a Radon Pro Vega 20 with 4 gigabytes of VRAM, <laughs> and a 4 terabyte SSD. I still don't want one though. Yeah, I, I just I, don't I, want one. I I do, but if I'm going to spend that much money, it's not going to be on a MacBook Pro. No, it's going to be on six iPad Pros. <laughs> six of them, yeah. No, that is literally the price I configured my ideal iMac Pro to, and I know what I'd have over those two. Oh, yeah, totally. Not even a question. That's like the 10-core iMac Pro with six... That's like the 2-terabyte SSD. I think that might even be with 64-gig of RAM. Really? Um, so, yeah, nice. no, it's... But if you want an amazingly powerful machine that you can take around with you, you should buy the 2018 iPad Pro. Um, <laughs> no, this MacBook Pro is very much an option for you. And Definitely. If, if you clamshell it and put it into... A, onto an external display, albeit apparently it's a buggy mess, uh, that is a pretty badass desktop environment. Totally, totally. Okay, uh, I think that's all for follow-up. I think it's quite cool that they've added new graphics options to a MacBook uh, without waiting for a refresh. I think that's that they, really should cool. do, yeah. they should really do more of that kind of thing. I think it's sort of also that they're fed up with waiting for Intel and they're like, okay, we can make these better. Um, so we're just going to release it mid-cycle. Yeah, makes makes perfect sense. Let's let the sooner Apple stop waiting for Intel and have some ARM chips, the better. Interesting, completely useless hypothetical question that's very nerdy. Do you think if this had become a base config, so the two mm. Vega options, but the right. cheaper, yeah. So you get what I'm saying. Would yeah, this yeah, then yeah. become the late 2018 MacBook Pro? Yes, I reckon it would, actually. Because if everyone had to have these, that then is a spec difference. Yeah, that's totally... Yeah, that's to, that would definitely be late 2018 MacBook Pro, yeah. But because it's For a sure. build-to-order config, it, it makes Still, no difference. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that is just for nerds. Could you imagine having a mid and a late 2018 MacBook Pro? That'd be cool, back in the day. When I had the early 2011 MacBook Pro and then my friend got the late 2011, man, I was gutted. <laughs> I was oh, literally dear. dealing with one an early 2011 13-inch MacBook Pro today at work, and uh, it was my first Mac, and I was just like, "Yeah, these things are slow as shit now." <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then that 11-inch MacBook Air you had. Don't talk. That was a dark time. <laughs> like, regardless of whether I liked the size of the 12.9-inch iPad Pro, I would have to get it because I'm never buying anything that's 11-inch again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you didn't have the best of times with that, did you? It was a great computer, but if I'd had the 13... Yeah, yeah. It would have been an even better computer. Yep. And it did explode. All the magic's gone, unfortunately. Cool. It was it was my introduction to consumer law. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool, right. So, let's get on to the main show. Follow-up mm. is done in 28 minutes. That's not too bad, I don't think. That's Especially right. when we had four topics to go through. That's uh, not too bad. Okay, so this is our 10-hour extravaganza episode. 
Um, these are all the impressions we've had of the 10R since we got our hands on them on the 25th of October. We hadn't even played Red Dead Redemption 2 then. It was like a lifetime ago. But then Genuinely. The but then yeah. the keynote happened, and uh, then the iPad Pro came out, and uh, the 10R is a topic from September. So God, it's been pushed damn. back. But let's get it done so we can move on to all the other juicy stuff we've got on our Google Doc. Yes. So, impressions. Uh, I'm going to let you go first. What are your impressions? The first thing that struck me, first thing, I remember thinking, obviously the colors are wonderful. We Arguably that struck me first, but I was, I was knowing, I knew that was going to be a thing. First thing, my God, they are so thick. They are so thick. To me, that's, it was kind of a deal breaker. Not that I was ever considering one anyway, but they are really thick. That, that was that. I just want to say that. Get that out of the way. That was what really struck me. But when you put them side by side with a 10s, it's not It's crazy. not that much thicker than a 10s. But I remember thinking the 10s was obviously thicker than my 7 Plus, um, which obviously it is as well. So if you, if, But then if you can go and compare a 10R to a 6, Jesus. You know. Yeah, for sure. The 6 is mad thin, and that's why they bent so easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, screen, again, really good. Uh, it's it's really hard to tell the difference unless you've got them side by side. The only thing is that when it is when it is obviously just on displaying something black, the notch and the bezels stand out a little bit more. Uh, other than that, haptic touch. <laughs> That's something that we're going to talk about a little bit more in a second as We've well. We've got haptic touch um, in as topic number four. So. We do. Yeah. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll leave it till then, but for now we'll say, well, it's lol. a topic, so that's enough. Yeah, lol. <laughs> Haptic um, touch is low-key bullshit. I'm not even sure it's low-key anymore. I think it's just high-key bullshit. But I, I will, no, we'll do this in a minute, but I have many <laughs> okay. thoughts about it. I find okay. it hilarious. Oh my god, it's so funny. We were actually cracking up. We were. We were genuinely, I think everyone was looking at us like, what the f*** is wrong with you? Sorry, have to beep that out. But it, we were just like, what? It was so funny. So funny. Anyway. Um, oh, we're such nerds. <laughs> such nerds. Okay, let's talk about the colours, because that's that's the big thing about these, to be honest. Shall I quickly run over my impressions of the things you just said? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. I agree, they're really fat. And as I sort of said, they te- they're not that much fatter at all, but they look it. Like how the 6S looked fatter than the, fir- than the 6, the second Apple Watch... And the Series 3, yeah, they they look really fat. And I think it is made incredibly worse by the fatter bezels. Yeah. It all around leaves a chunky feeling. Everything about it feels chunky, you know? Spot on. It's very chunky. That screen looks like it's in the middle of a frame still. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have that photoshopped feel that we're going to get and talk about later as well. But it doesn't quite have that same feeling because the you it, it, it feels like a screen where the 10s and the and the well the iPad Pro which we'll get to later kind of doesn't in that sense. It's amazing how marginally different they are, but it's how so it really small. has an impact. And I don't think I genuinely I was kind of talking to a customer about this earlier because uh, they um their partner had a 10s and they were looking at the 10R and they just didn't didn't get it 
but I, 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 I brought it up off the cuff, and I was like, yeah, well, obviously, you know, diff different screen, etc., etc. Bezels are a little bit thicker, and I, well, they didn't actually know what I meant by bezels, but once I explained it to it's them, pronounced bezel, bezel, uh, they still, still, still just couldn't get it. They just didn't, didn't see. So I think this is a really, this is, this is an us thing, but it's definitely something that I noticed. Yeah, it's it's not just us, but it's also like the screen on the iPad versus iPad Pro. Now, the 10R screen, as I said literally earlier, I'm not contradicting myself. It's not like that at all, but it is. <laughs> it's so weird. Like it's it's an objectively amazing screen. I think we're going to talk about this later when you're saying uh sorry, was it was it, it was Mike Hurley, wasn't it that you quoted earlier? Um saying how it's the best screen that Apple have ever made. It was actually MKBHD, but Sorry, I yes, heard it about Sorry. it from a quote by Mike Hurley. So okay. <laughs> this is this is a uh, Chinese whisper. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. Cool, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I feel like I interrupted your first impressions. No, no, it's fine. You pretty much nailed them. Um, and I, we were literally with this phone, we were very much in agreement with everything. I think everything. Pretty that we, much. Yeah. Um, Except for which is our favorite color, but also I really like your favorite color. So yeah, I I, I do too. It's kind of objectively well. Okay, we'll we'll just we'll talk about. But let's that go. Now. Let's so, go on to colors. Let's go on. To let's colors. go on to colors. They're awesome. So they are. They are really cool. We've spent a lot of time with four of them, and we've seen the other two in person. Um, which <laughs> we spent a lot of time with the four we like the most, arguably. I honestly, I like that black one more than the coral or the yellow. I'm not sure. I, as I was saying it, that's the one I was thinking about. I'm not sure. I feel like I like the effect the black one has on the screen because it you does make it disappear. Exactly, the bezels appear much smaller. You get a more of a sense of using a 10s um, than using a 10r because obviously it's all black it all just disappears into one and it is really hard to tell the difference and there's no obviously coloured well there is coloured but it's coloured black you know anodized aluminium the black one is for that guy <laughs> yeah the guy the guy the that guy. buys his iPhones you know the guy who's, who decided to move away from contracts because they, they take too much money from him in 2018 he realised this <laughs> yeah um and that's perfectly fine, and I totally get it, but I don't like the colour. I like the effect the colour has on the device. I wouldn't buy it, but that's because I like No. Colour. Yeah, yeah. But I, I understand why people do. Unless they actually like the colour, then I just don't understand them. I mean, the thing... the And I'm an emo, so... Literally wearing, like, black nails, or have they gone now? Oh, they, they're, not, they're not here at the moment. They were here two weeks ago. It's not actually out of post yet, but on iCollect Apple, I'm uploading the video you did, the size and the color comparison, and yeah. it'll probably be on YouTube by the time this episode goes out, but your nails are like fully black, and it's sick, because it's against the white padding you used. I must admit, before any of you listeners see that, the nail paint had been on for about a week or so, so don't judge me too harshly. I was thinking about freshly painting it, but I, I couldn't in time, unfortunately. um okay but yeah the thing the thing with the black one is and i don't want to my thought on it is if you're buying a 10r not necessarily because you can't afford a 10s but if you like tech but you're buying a 10r for whatever reason 
arguably a wise choice. A passing interest in, in tech. You kind of want to hide the fact you have the cheap phone. And I know that sounds horrible, but that's, that's the way... Because I remember when these coloured ones came out and everyone's like, oh no, don't do that, because when people see the colourful ones, they're going to be like, oh, you have the cheap phone. That's not what it is at all. It's re- so different this time round, though. That is the premium phone. The 10s is just premium, premium. That's how I describe it to people. There's, they've just added an upper echelon. These aren't the bottom. They've just raised the ceiling with the 10 and the 10s and the 10s Max. I would love to have a bright blue phone. Like Yeah, totally. Totally. I would not if I bought a ten R because I was wise and not a sucker and like actually bought the the good value phone, I would be proud to have a bright blue ten R. Totally. Absolutely. I wouldn't the last thought in my head would be like, oh no, people are gonna see me with this seven hundred and fifty pound iPhone. God, imagine that. <laughs> the shock. But no, in my head, the only reason I'd buy a Oh no, guys, the £1,000 iPhone will never work. (laughs) Yeah, Apple are doomed. They've really lost it this time. People are ashamed to be seen with a £750 phone. But the way I see it is I'd only get the black one if I was hiding the fact I had a 10R. Not necessarily the idea of, oh, people are going to see me with the 10R. More to hide the flaws of the 10R. That's what I'm trying to say. Like that's the, exactly what I just said. Just in you just beat around the bush or way more. It hides it. Yeah, it hides the hides the fat bezels. It looks smaller because black is a very slimming color. Um, everything just it's just a bit more seamless, and I think it's harder to tell that it's really it's a thick boy, as we have in our show notes. It's a thick boy. Yeah. So on to the colors we actually care about. We spent enough time talking about the one we don't. There are only three of them. Like. Gen- genuinely care about i have to say i the coral is i still don't think it's nice i wouldn't it's buy it fine i don't like but it it's as much m- as i thought i would it's, it's much better than i, I thought say. it was gonna be <laughs> fair enough fair enough i think it's fine um it's definitely not my favorite i i mean it was the one that struck me the most i think obviously we said in the first week but yeah it's not the one I go for. The moment they unveiled it, everyone's like, I think that's going to be cool. I'm like, I can't think of a worse color to put on an iPhone. And I still can't. Like, the actual way they've done it is better than I thought. But mm. it's the worst idea color-wise they've ever had, I think. Fair enough. Fair enough. Simple as. Like, it's just, no. <laughs> Don't cool. make I think if we iPhone. get out all the ones we're not massive fans of first. So I think yellow's up next, I would imagine. Yellow was a massive disappointment. Same. The colour on the back is beautiful. It's a really nice yellow, I think. It's not the colour that I don't like. It, it, it's it's the anodized aluminium around the edge. It looks like that champagne gold iPhone 6. But it's that, but not right. <laughs> yeah, it's just not the right colour. It doesn't complement the yellow on the back like all the others do. It doesn't doesn't complement the color of that back glass at all. I'm just really not a fan, to be honest. Which is a shame because I I was hoping I would like it, but I don't really at all. I really, yeah, I thought I was gonna like it, and I'm not even a big fan of the back glass of it. I, like I don't dislike it. I didn't see it and think, oh, I was just like, oh, it's kind of underwhelming. Yeah, which is flash yellow doesn't tend to be, but in this scenario, it is. So the coral, the black, and the yellow are a no. What about the red? Red again. It's, it's fine. It's a be- It's objectively a nice color. 
but it's the same as the eights, I think. Um, and that's the biggest issue with it is that we literally we've been selling this this phone for since March anyway, you know. If they had released this mid-cycle, it would be a completely different story. Not massively one, different ball game. Not yeah. one ounce of me would think, oh. They've just done the same one as they did last year. No, I'd be like, hey, it's back. Exactly. But all they've done is that it means they've been continually selling a product red iPhone since March time. There's never been this break, which there normally is. Especially as when the Red 7 came out, I'm like, damn, that's hot. And then it disappeared. And then they brought out the Red 8. I'm like, oh my God, they made it better. Yeah. But now they haven't done anything and there was no break. Exactly. That's the problem. But that is really diving down the rabbit hole of, like, your sort of background knowledge. Right, yeah. I mean, realistically, that colour is amazing. It's a wonderful colour. Don't listen to us. If you like it, get it. And I'm sure it will still go down in history as one of the most beautiful colours ever put on the back of an iPhone. Just with kind of oversaturated for us, I guess, maybe. Shame they... they, I can't quite put my finger on it, but the lightning port is different it's on the 8 it was a silver lightning port along with is two silver is it not silvers. silver on the 10R it is I can't picture but it but not to the same extent is it not as silver the the sort of opening around the port is not as thick and as a result you get less silver and oh, I okay. think I think the security screws might be red ah uh. Whereas on the 8, you they were silver. You might be right on that one, actually. I'm trying to think. I'm picturing it in my mind, and I think you're right. Basically, there's a lot less silver down there, and I know this sounds really picky, but it was a really <laughs> nice part. really picky. It was, that silver down there on the 8 was a really nice part of the design of it. Wow. Jack, you are a nerd. Am I spot on? I mean... Oh, no, I no, 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 I'm just oh. judging you for, for... I mean, I am as well, but... Noticing the colour of the security screws on the bottom of your iPhone. How can I not notice the colour of security screws? Lex, I notice everything when it comes to iPhones. Like, But arguably, you're not necessarily meant to notice the security screws. Well, well, I do. <laughs> that's not for the consumer, that's for us. I, I, I notice the security screws, okay? I'm almost at the point where I memorise the part numbers for the battery cowling screws, okay? Yeah, Let's not get into that. This is this is our break from work. <laughs> okay, so let's go on to our two favourite colours of the 10R. Which is your favourite, Lex? Well, see, this is the interesting thing. I would say... I mean, well, I'll go with what I've got here. I've got down the white. I really, really like the white. The colour on the back uh, is just white. There's no two ways around it. It's definitely not the silvery, grey off-white that you have on the 10s and the 10s max um it is just white and for me it really just it, it, it's like massive rem- massively reminiscent of 2008 and apple um that white macbook that's all i see when i see it and i really like that i see the white 3g and 3gs with the black yeah one. fair enough fair enough i just i think i think they're amazing i really really like it no i i, I really like that yeah it's cool it's cool you get this cool little effect where, because this it's the only one where the silver Apple logo on the back is a darker color than the back, you get this cool, like, shadow appear around the Apple logo. 
I just think that looks amazing. I really, really like the white one. I would. I really like the white one. If I was buying one for myself, it'd be a proper up there contender. Yeah, I was. I I would say it is the one I would get. But again, it's not necessarily because if we're talking about the colors the, and the objective colors of the objective colors of the back glass, I agree with your favorite. I think that is the objective. The, that is the the objectively nicest color. But I really like the way the whole package of the white one looks. I like the silver edges. Um, I just I just think it looks really nice, and that's the one I'd go for. I like the contrast of the white on the back, and although well the ish black the black bezels which are there, um, I just I just really like that contrast. Um, so yeah, white's my favorite, and that's why for me feels it looks like an Apple product, an OG Apple product, and I really really like that. So that's why white. I I can appreciate an OG Apple product uh, as much as the next man, um, but my favorite is the blue. I love it. I knew it would be my favorite from the moment they announced it, and it did not disappoint. I love both the glass and the aluminium. I prefer the color of the glass. Everyone I've asked seems to prefer the color of the aluminium, but okay. Um, I love it. I just love it. <laughs> I've had the blue 10R wallpaper on my home screen since the day I got my 10S, and I've had it. I've, yeah, I've just never changed it. I love the blue. I'm very envious of the blue 10R. I love the silver of the Apple logo, the way it contrasts against it. Um, I love the way the antenna lines look. And I love the black front with the blue. It's a nice contrast. I just love that phone. If they made a blue 10s, I would... Oh, man, it would take a lot to stop me from being like, can I somehow offload my gold one? Um, <laughs> that's very cool. Turns out I like blue. How much discount I may buy it off you, so, you know... I, I can't work I mean like the back is sort of a Skype blue and the uh, yeah. the edges are sort of verging on Safari blue. So That's fair enough. That's that's a good that's a good analogy. Yeah. It's a good analogy. And like I think the antenna lines are actually basically like finder folder blue. <laughs> I've thought about this. <laughs> you definitely have thought about this. It's a Safari a blue. The Safari blue. What about purple Safari? Where's the purple 10R? Maybe that'll be the uh, mid-cycle special edition. Oh, maybe purple. The 10R technology preview. Yeah, maybe. Build 57. Or maybe they'll just make a green one and they'll have all the 5C colors. Oh, there was a green 5C? Yeah, there was, wasn't there? We, was there? We had this conversation last week. I swear I always, this was in the podcast I always last forget week. about the green one. Yeah. What was it? There was white, yellow, pink, blue, and green. Yeah. You don't see many green ones, let's be real. No, you don't. Not at all. Blue, Not pink, many and people white want a green phone, to be ones. fair. You don't see many yellow or green ones. No. See more yellow than green. Green is, pro- I would say, green's the least common. Definitely. I totally forgot it existed. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. The 10R is very cool. <laughs> that's yep. uh, In that's a, a summary. We really, really cool like it. Phone. Yep, Neither of definitely. us would get it, but we both really like it. We definitely want someone in our family to get one so that we can then add it to our collection. So at this point, the question turns to, which is the one to get? The iPhone XR or the 2018 MacBook Air? (laughs) Um, uh... 
because I want to make phone calls, but I also want a proper accessible file system. So, Lex, which one do I get? <laughs> um, well, you could always just use FaceTime audio. Sorted. There you go. Why buy an iPhone when you can have an iPod Touch with Skype on it, right? Why would... Yeah, exactly. Why would you... I mean, either use Skype, or why would you ever want to call someone that doesn't have an Apple ID? So you're, you're, you only interact via voice with people who are Apple users? I genuinely don't think that I've act... I can't remember the last time I rang someone that doesn't own an iPhone. No. No, I can't. I'm thinking about it right now, but that I know of, I can't. Genuinely. Everyone in my life that I would ring has an iPhone. I don't even call Joey. And he has an iPhone now, so... Does he? Yeah, he has a 6S. What did he do to his Pixel this time? It died again. Oh my god. Yep, straight so he's after going to he... lose it for another six months. Well, his parents are lit, so I suspect they're probably going to buy him a Pixel 3 for Christmas. But he's oh, basically asking for one as a graduation gift in the summer. Um, but knowing his parents and how fiery they are, I'd imagine they'll probably surprise him with one at Christmas. Fair enough. A 3 or an XL? But he's kind of enjoying iMessage. iMessage is amazing and massively underrated. He would get the XL. Definitely. Good. See, yeah, he I had mean, the Pixel yeah. XL. Um, oh, did he? Yeah, his Pixel was the remember. XL. Pixel 1 XL. So he'd definitely go for the Pixel 3 XL. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I think I would as well, because I like the big screens, but that notch, man, I'm sorry. Google <laughs> managed to make an unattractive notch. Yeah. And then they managed to accidentally ship it with two. <laughs> or three in some cases. <laughs> or three. What was let's happening make, let's there? Let's multiply the notch. Three notches, because that's what everyone wants, right? Apple don't want any notches, newsflash. It's, it's, it's madness the way the notch became a, a thing. I mean, whenever you'd see like a, a, you know, a graphic design of a smartphone five years ago, it would just be an iPhone with a circular home button. Now you see a graphic design uh, of, of a smartphone and it has a notch. And this is inadvertent. Apple don't want the notch. It's a compromise. Exactly. It's going as soon as it can. As soon as it can, it's gone. I think it's fairly safe to say that this year's iPhone will look like the iPad Pro with a smaller notch than the XS. Um, maybe with USB-C, but I think that's bang on the I money of the industrial design. I would say so. I doubt it's going USB-C. I don't, the Agreed. benefits don't outweigh the fact that it's a massive port compared to a lightning port, and the lightning port is perfectly Agreed. fine. I don't think it'll go USB-C, but let's not get into that. That's an August topic. That is an August topic. I will. I would say they're just. They would sooner remove any port from an iPhone than add USB-C. iPhone rumors don't get legit till January. Generally, no. last yes. January we heard that there'll be three sizes this year, and the middle one will be budget. Spot on. Spot on. <laughs> it literally said five point eight, six point one, and six point five. Did that's crazy. The only thing they got wrong is they said the five point eight would be going LCD as well, and the OLED would be the six point five. Don't know where that. Did- Money to I don't remember yep. that. Yep, I remember oh, that. Okay. Um, wow. It was really weird. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. But that's the thing with Apple rumors. Sometimes you know Apple are crazy and you think, would they do that? Would they? I think Maybe. they would. 
Um, I'm scared. Don't do it, please. Um, and as we and as we know, the liquid retina is the best screen they've ever made. Yes, the liquid retina is the best the best screen they've ever made. Uh, we'll get onto that with the iPad Pro impressions. Okay, real quick one that's only really interesting if you if you like the history of iPhones or you open them regularly. Inside yeah. an iPhone XR is a layout that is very reminiscent of an iPhone 8 Plus yeah. with bits of 10. And it's really weird. The features of it, so the, the LCD display, but all the way up to the edges and almost up to the edges, and Face ID, um, things like that. It, there are no two ways about it. The iPhone XR is the iPhone 9. Yeah, it is. It, it's... It's it's a real jackal and hide. It's sort of that's not at all what it is. It's it, it's a love child between the ten and ten and the eight. Like the the display out of even just the layout of the uh, display connector cables from the screen um, is exactly what it's like on uh, pretty much on. Um, the, obviously, the logic board's different. Uh, it's not stacked, but obviously you've only got that single celled traditional battery. Um, but then obviously you've got the Face ID sensors in there, so. In my, the way I think about it is last year when the iPhone X debuted, they were saying how, say hello to the future. This is tomorrow's phone. Imagine if after the 7 came 8, no 10, and then this year came 10R but called 9, and then next year came 10. Suddenly everything falls into place. Everything perfectly. falls in, makes so much sense. Yeah, and the fact that 10R was su- sorry, the 10S was such a minor update, and everyone said this time, you know what, that's absolutely fine because the 10 was huge. I really do think it almost killed Apple to release that phone to make Face ID even work. Was it was a massive feat of engineering the 10. Yeah, maybe that's why they haven't brought Air Power out yet. You know, dedicated the team everything is still to Face recovering. ID. From yeah. making the iPhone 10. Yep, they're still on. They're still signed off. Actually, I really think Air Power will be out by the end of the year. I honestly think they will press release it on December 31st and be like, <laughs> "We did it. <laughs> we did it, guys." I I don't think Apple would release a statement. I'm sure of it. If it wasn't coming out this year, Tim would put out one of his apology letters, which he isn't afraid to do. Yeah. Or um, or Phil or someone, someone more engineering focused, yeah, would maybe. put out a letter, not necessarily an apology. Maybe, maybe they like to apologize, especially around Christmas time. Who knows? Who knows? We've all been waiting. I know I have. Yeah, I I would love if it if it did make it after Christmas though. After Christmas, perfect please. Christmas present for me. If anyone's thinking of buying anything. Oh, we should make a wish list on Amazon and like somehow like add air power. Be like wish list plus air power. Plus air power if it's available on Amazon before well, Christmas. Apple and Amazon have settled their differences, so That is true. Maybe Air Amazon will be the the exclusive retailer of <laughs> air power. Maybe that's what they were waiting for this whole time was this exclusive deal with Amazon. <laughs> you know what? I found out while helping an old lady the other day. That is why you can't download Kindle books in the Kindle app. Because Amazon don't want Apple to have any share of the money, so you have really? and you can't even do it in the Amazon app. You have oh to go through Safari to Amazon to buy the book, and then it shows up in the Kindle app. See, I also feel like 
I mean, I feel like I'm doing a little bit of corporate relationship like therapy here, but I feel like it's all on Amazon's side. I think they are so. really not very. I mean, hopefully now with this um, new agreement that they've got, that will pave the way. But yeah, they 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 do not like Apple very much, and Apple having all the money. I get the impression Amazon are embarrassed by their hardware. <laughs> I won. I wonder why. Other than the Echoes, their hardware has been consistently trash. And I think the Echoes are ugly and horrible piece of industrial design. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know what? I like them, but I... Uh... The dots. The dots are a horrendous piece of industrial design, and I do not like them. Especially the new ones. God damn. Have you seen them? They, like... They bulge out. I haven't, out. actually, no. They bulge out. Look it up. The third generation Echo Dot, they bulge out at the edges. It it looks like they've put on too much weight. <laughs> what, did it leave sixth form and start? They left sixth form and got fat. I don't mind that as much, you know. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I'm looking at it now. I see what you mean. But I feel like it does look a lot smarter. Put it that way. Have you seen the first generation Dot? Because I liked that. It was basically the original Echo, but, like, they cut out all of it and just had a spinny thing on top. Yeah, yeah. Which was quite cool. You could you could control the volume just like you do on the, what's now the Echo, well, was the Echo Plus. I believe it's gone with these third-gen devices. Mm. So they had the Echo, and then they brought out the second-gen, and then took the original design and made it the Plus. But the one you wanted was the normal Echo. I just cannot stand the design of the second gen Echo Dot. Yeah, I mean it. It looks like plastic. Sounds like plastic. It looks like plastic. Sounds sounds like plastic. Um, and then it has a lovely Amazon logo stuck on the front. Oh no, that's the only bit about it I like. The Amazon really? logo chilling on the front there. I don't know. I just. I. I guess I don't associate Amazon with decent hardware, so it just makes it all worse. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> All right, back to the 10R extravaganza. Yeah, uh, sorry. iPhone 10R has this magical portrait mode that is arguably, if you're taking pictures of people, better than the one found in the iPhone 10S. Yeah. So someone actually brought this up to me today. Really? Um, I was re- I was not expecting this to ever happen, but today a person who no, who has a 10s and was actually going about the the pros of the portrait on the 10r which is really interesting and it's not what you expect so there's a few differences some people are saying that obviously because the 10r has no telephoto lens it does it all with the neural engine all very very clever software that knows what a face is um, and can obviously uh, blur out what it needs to you uh, add the bokeh make do its magic um, and because of that, some people are saying that the portraits on faces are actually better on the 10R and more accurate, things like that. Um, the issue you're going to run into there is hair, I think, um, because obviously hair comes in all wonderful shapes and sizes, and I'd be very impressed if the neural engine can do much with that. Um, hair, you are probably going to find, you know, the odd strand here and there is going to isn't going to be as accurate, it's going to be blurred out or not, as the case may be when perhaps it should be. Um, the other big thing, which I first saw in Mark Gruber's review, when he, I think he was the first person I was aware of to really talk about it a lot, 
um, was low light. Now, obviously, the aperture on the 12 megapixel wide angle lens that they obviously both the 10R and the 10S share uh, is better than the telephoto lens, of course. It's got a wider aperture, more light, which means in low light, you get much, much better portrait shots. Um, the difference is noticeable. You get shots that on the 10s just you couldn't send anywhere. They look awful. Um, you couldn't do anything with. But on the 10R, you actually have something you can work with, um, which is completely coincidental. You know, it wasn't really a, a design choice to make this a better machine for portrait on people. Um, but obviously, because you do have to use obviously the lens, the only lens it's got instead of using the telephoto one. Um, you do get these better low-light portrait modes. Obviously, again, only on people, because it only works on faces. Um, but yeah, so an interesting, coincidental, happy little accident, Bob Ross would say, uh, done by Apple. Um, but an interesting, another, th another thing that was brought up, that actually MKBHD's review of the 10R Yeah, it's, this was what is, I was about to say. It's not yeah, just the low-light. not just that either. Because it's, it's using yeah. the wide-angle lens rather than the telephoto, the actual pictures themselves have this kind of wide-angle effect, which is really, really cool. It doesn't look... It's less portrait-like and less more portrait -like, landscape-like. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. It's very kind of cool. Taken, yeah, it's weird. They've added the sense that obviously this is a massive focus on faces, but also you get the, these, these wide-angle shots as well at the same time which is what this customer said to me today. He said, oh, I wish I could, you know, have, you know, the, the wider angle shots, um, which I never expected anyone to bring up, to be honest. But yeah, someone did today. This is kind of like the portrait mode on the Google Pixel, though. In the right conditions, the portrait mode on the Pixel kind of looks better than the iPhone. But the iPhone captures a better portrait shot in more conditions, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's the more adaptable. I'm it's, about. It has a much wider... Um, it's more versatile. Yeah. Chances exactly. are you're going to get a better portrait shot on the 10s over a Pixel 3, but in the right conditions, a bit like the 10R, with this single, because they both have single lens and they both do it through software, in the right conditions, it actually looks better. Yeah. I mean, Google's, all, Google's camera stuff they're doing at the moment is crazy. I think, did we have the night sight on here that we're going to talk night about? Night sight's in the topic list. Uh, it just hasn't come up yet it's on number 11 so but oh, we will yeah. talk about night sight in a future episode because my god <laughs> that is that is one of the coolest tech products like not even a beta or proof of concept this is in the phone right now night sight on the pixel 3 and i think they i think they may have added it to the 2 in software i'm not in a really? software update I'm not sure i don't know no i don't think it did because one of the biggest complaints about the pixel 3 was all the new features, theoretically, are totally possible on the Pixel 2, but they chose not to add them. It's a very Apple thing to do, but Google did it, and it pissed off their fans. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the the point is, the the 10R is very similar to the Pixel in some ways, as that it's all done through computation. And yeah. it makes the 10S camera look a little bit analog. And my, my wishes for the 10... S successor are really let's work on that second lens. Let's finally yeah. improve the yeah. lens. Let's in, let's get more optical zoom because zooming above two x on an iPhone still looks awful. Yeah. Um, and let's really work on that second lens or get 
well, apparently they're going to free, so they're not going to get rid of it. I think Apple are very much set on more lenses, the better, but not Samsung. Didn't Samsung release one with like five? Was it Samsung? Uh, it wasn't a Galaxy or anything. It was one of that because Samsung quite often used the the budget brands the to a, introduce. The yeah, a, the, the A something A nine. Was it the A9? the A series? The Galaxy A series. Is it Galaxy A or is it just A? I think it is the Galaxy A series. They yeah. quite often debut uh, new features, even though they're not the flagships, which is a strange concept to Apple fans. But it like happens. Ba- a lot. It's literally beta testing for your. Um, for your for your flagship phone, mm-hmm, basically, yeah. The Samsung Galaxy A9 um, has four lenses, four lenses and one flash. Interesting. Uh, it's like how the Huawei P20 has mm. three, I believe, and it's a four arrangement, so it's got four four openings. World's first quad camera smartphone. But does it actually? I bet the photos are much worse than a Pixel Three or a 10s. Yeah, I can confidently um, say that. <laughs> so they've got an ultra wide eight megapixel, um, two point four aperture, one hundred and twenty degree camera. They've then got the telephoto, ten megapixels, um, two times optical zoom. They've then got a twenty four megapixel main camera um, with a one point seven inch aperture, inch one point seven aperture, um, and then they've got the depth camera, which is five megapixels. Uh, so I'm not quite sure what the depth camera's for, other than, I suppose, measuring depth, I guess. Does that mean you can't actually take any... F- I guess maybe you can't actually take photos with this lens. It's purely there to measure depth, I suppose. Hence why it's only 5 megapixels. Um, I guess maybe it's a reference for all the others, perhaps? Have Samsung finally realised megapixels... That more megapixels doesn't actually mean better photos, so they're I like. I mean, hmm, the main camera still has five. twenty-four. So okay, so clearly no. not. <laughs> <laughs> the ultra wide has eight, and the telephoto has ten. Main has twenty-four, um, <laughs> and the depth has, depth has five. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm not going to be buying Galaxy A9 anytime soon, but pretty cool. No, it's not. Um, Okay. Oh, it's interesting. It hasn't always on display. Did you know that? That is very cool. I did not know that. Now I am going to buy a Galaxy A9. Oh, but it has 6 gigabytes of RAM. So it's better than your iPad Pro. Yeah. Oh, damn. That stings. It's it's octa-core as well. So is the iPad Pro, is it not? Yeah, the iPad Pro is octa-core. Yeah, it is. Ignoring the neural engine funny business, but yeah. What, the extra, like, 7? I swear it's like (laughs) 7. Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, yeah so it's basically an iPad Pro so what we're saying is don't buy a MacBook Air don't buy the iPad Pro instead buy a, a Samsung Galaxy A9 that's what you need yep the Galaxy A9 is the real thing to buy this autumn yep it is yeah don't bother with the uh, Pixel 3 either just go for the Samsung Galaxy A9 yep 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 shall we talk about haptic touch let's Go for it. Now we've we've praised the 10R. Let's laugh at it. Now this is this isn't a criticism. I think this is it's not a criticism, off. but it's just hilarious. I think haptic haptic touch is a lie. It is a lie, a barefaced lie. It is a long press, and then it gives you a little vibrate. Yep. Nothing has changed except that little vibrate, and it doesn't yep. actually work outside of well. One of the 
things we were going to talk about is how Apple said they ex- intend to expand the use of it over time. Um, and since we added that to the topic list, it, that has happened in 12.1.1, the beta, um, the new beta of it. So basically, it still works on the lock screen, it works in control center, and now it works as sort of a notification preview. And then it gives you a little vibrate. It didn't make it over to the iPad Pro for some reason. I was sure they were going to put a Taptic engine in there this year. Yeah, I'm really surprised they didn't. I'm kind of sad, to be honest. Maybe it's something to do with the size. I don't know. Maybe you need a few of them to power something that big. Maybe. Sure. Maybe. Maybe it would just be so insignificant that it would be pointless. And it would. I would imagine, you know what it is? It would probably feel really localized to wherever it actually is in the device. Um, where it physically is, which would be confusing. And obviously, every time you move it, change orientation, your haptics move. Um, I would just like to say we've been recording for one hour and nine minutes, and my AirPod that was fully charged just gave me the low power noise. Did it? Mine haven't. Mine hasn't yet. Uh, but I imagine it probably won't be too the long. The batteries are really shot in these. Oh, actually, I'm on 30%. Sorry, I tell a lie. Consistently for two years, it's killed the batteries. Like every day for the last two years, I've used these things. Yeah. They need to bring out some new ones. Please, Apple. They registered some. They registered some. On, like, the European Bluetooth database. They registered two new models. I think I missed that. Did I miss that? They did. They, like, very... I think they're going to turn up anytime soon. But I also... If there's nothing (sighs) crazy, it could totally just be a press release as well. But it could also be literally silent. They could just... I don't know. They could do some kind of improvement... I'm not sure. Let's not get into AirPods. Let's carry on with haptic touch. It's it's just a long press and a vibrate. That's it. Oh, I was. I don't. Know, I don't want to say I was disappointed. What were you expecting? I, I don't know what I was expecting. We took it out of the box, and it doesn't matter how much pressure you put. Obviously, it's not pressure sensitive, but we were led to believe that it was. I thought it was measuring the area of your finger, which totally makes sense and is totally doable, right? I can. I don't see why that isn't possible. Um, you know, just calibrate it when you set it up. You know, say, you know, tap on the screen. The harder you push, it knows, you know, how big your finger is, how much of an area you cover with your finger, the harder you press. That, to me, I don't know. Obviously, the screen's only so sensitive, etc., etc. But I, I feel like that could be done. Uh, maybe that will be done in the future, and that will be the replacement for 3D Touch entirely, and it will all be just software, because I feel like that is the best scenario, because obviously this 3D Touch is great, but obviously if it could be done with software, even better. So do you think next year's flagship will drop 3D Touch? See, it would make sense, because that's what we've heard. We've heard rumours to that effect, which make no sense unless haptic touch begins to start measuring area. I think what's happened here is 3D Touch is too expensive to produce for the amount of people that use it. So they've sort of taken the long press, which they slowly, reluctantly retrofitted to all the older devices and making more of a deal out of it and just sort of focusing it on the bits that they found people do use. I mean, if you remember, Apple have kind of been done with 3D Touch for a while. I mean, remember when they removed out the 3D Touch app switcher from... um, uh, iOS 12, iOS 11, sorry, uh, and they got rid of it, and everyone, well, not everyone, half people did not care at all, you didn't care. I hate um, that gesture. But I used it all the time, I used it all the time, um, and I was one of those people that desperately wanted it back. And I can never get it to reliably invoke the app switcher. 
ever. It always worked I, for me. Always. I could never me. get it to do it. I hated that gesture so much. I used it all the time, all the time. Loved that feature. Obviously, it's all redundant now, but... I had all my friends, including you, being like, oh, man, you can see what kind of friends I have, because literally all my friends were raging about the the lack of a 3D touch feature on their iPhone following a software update. Um, but they were, <laughs> yeah, basic, well. they, they were basically like, I'm gutted they removed it. I said, sorry, you actually used that? It was awful. And apparently I was the only person that thought that. I think it's mainly because you skipped the success. Yeah. You weren't there for when 3D Touch made its debut. You were aware of it, but by the time you got on the 7 Plus, kind of it, it, it no one cared about it anymore. But people only cared it. about was the fact my phone didn't have a headphone jack. <laughs> right, right. 3D Touch kind of just forgot, forgot about that. It was something that iPhones now had ad infinitum. Um, <laughs> so we thought. Uh, so yeah, I'd imagine that's why. It's because you did miss, obviously, when it came in. Um, and the 6S Plus was my first iPhone. Um, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. I don't know. I just know. No, I think to an extent it was more I just couldn't get it to do it. But I also agree what you're saying. If if It's like how until I got my current job, I never used natural scrolling on a Mac. Because when I first got a Mac, it was the old school scrolling. Yeah. So I only switched over to natural scrolling when all the computers at work had natural scrolling. And eventually, more often than not, I'd come home, try and use my Mac and be like, why is this broken? And really? then realize, literally, that's all that happened. It's kind of cool. I'm glad it did happen because for years, people would use my Macs and be like, what is wrong with it? I'm like, I'm an old school Mac user. Okay, geez. <laughs> I used, I, I was there in the Snow Leopard days, I'll have you know. Old school, old school Mac user. First, he said earlier in episode, first Mac was early 2011. You know what the sad thing is compared to most people? That is old school. Well, didn't you know 51% of all new Mac, all, of all Mac users are new? Yeah, so I'm actually ancient. Ancient. You're in that 49%. Anyway, speaking of Macs, how about we talk about a really cool thing about the new MacBook Air? I'm so glad. I'm so happy that this has happened. I actually used it as a selling point today, you know? Someone asked me about it, and I was like, yes, yes, it's so good. I'm glad, I'm What glad. is it with people talking to you about our topic list today? Oh, I know, I know, genuinely. I, th- I mean, to be fair, I kind of brought this up a little bit more, but otherwise, we still talked about it, so it counts. Since 2012, to replace a battery in a MacBook, you have to replace the entire top case, which is the metal <laughs> bits... Um, top case kind of sounds like it would be the lid, but no, if you cut the lid off mm. and imagine the computer part, you have don't, the top and the do bottom. Don't do that. But don't, yeah. don't do that, please. Um, but imagine you have a top and a bottom. The top case is the bit that your keyboard sort of sits in. Now, since 2012, the batteries have literally been embedded into this top case, which is fine if it's a warranty issue, but as soon as you're paying for anything out of warranty, you're effectively paying for the whole top case. And that's why there was such drama about where the keyboard reliability on the newer MacBook Pros, because starting in 2016, to replace uh, a single key, you had to replace the keyboard, and to replace the keyboard, you had to replace the top case. So if one key failed, you were looking at 500 pound. Um, so that's that's the state Mac repairs got into. 
uh, whereas the battery in this MacBook Air is removable just like an iPhone battery. In fact, it's exactly the same. Yeah. It's fastened into place using removable adhesive strips. It's literally yeah. just like an iPhone. Which is now, very cool. Not only is it cool, my the reason I put this in the topic list and the question I posed to you is, is this a sign of Apple reverting course and making Macs less like iOS devices in terms of service and more back how they used to be. Also, I can add to this, it's not actually on the topic, but makes perfect sense to add it, the upgradable RAM in the 2018 Mac Mini. It is, yes. It's weird how you say that you're making them less like iOS devices by making the battery like an iOS device, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, to um, clarify, iOS devices are very not serviceable. Not modular in any sense of the word. Except like, the battery. <laughs> which, uh, which is is only modular when you rip half the phone apart. Yeah, it's it's not an easy job. I mean, we do it like five to ten times a day, but we're a rare situation. Yeah, and even we mess it up from time to time. No, it's, we don't. No, no, we're, we're perfect. Sometimes the tools mess up um, in our hands. Yeah, it's just coincidental that we're holding the tool. Yeah, there's there's no actual fault as such, um, other than Tim. It's Tim's fault, obviously. It's all uh, Tim's fault. He should resign fault. over this. It's all Tim's fault. He should resign, and let's get Steve back. Because obviously he's going to make these iPhones more modular. <laughs> Bring back Steve and make bring modular back. Bring back modular, like the map. Also, Pro. also let's not. Anywho, um, well, you you don't like the idea of being able to like crack. I open don't want a modular phone. iPhone. Definitely sticking, not. Nope. Sticking a water cooler in your iPhone. Oh, <laughs> Apple's new Corsair partnership. Am I right? The Corsair partnership continues this week. Continues. Where Apple yeah. have announced a new agreement where you will be able to buy an H thirty two X. Not pronounced 10, <laughs> pronounced X, just to confuse the issue. Make it confusing. It's a small water cooler that will sit over the A12 chip in your iPhone XS. To do it, you just need a guitar pick and some suction cups. That's a reference. <laughs> cool, so the title of this episode will be Corsair Cult, full stop. Um, I mean, no. No, um, we've, we've, I, no. Um... Yeah, no, no, it it is cool. I, I hope that this is heralding the beginning of repairable Macs again that don't seem to follow this line of iOS where if one thing's broken, you basically have to replace the whole thing, um, which arguably is, is, is kind of an issue, especially when your Mac is potentially, well, six and a half thousand pounds if you get a spec up MacBook Pro. Um, yeah, so I, I, hope, I hope this is the line that they're going to continue. I'm just worried that maybe this is because it's a consumer Mac and they're doing it out of kind of pressure. Who knows? And batteries are in the limelight at the moment. Um, but it, it's a good sign. You know, it, it just, just taking this in itself and taking it completely out of context, good, this Mac battery is modular and we can take it out and repair it. Amazing. But then the T2 just blocks any kind we don't, we of don't, service. We don't need to talk about the T2. We can ignore that. It's fine. But the T2 wants some love, man. <laughs> the T2 is a wonderful bit of chip, but will make it a pain in the ass to repair. So, this is the one thing that we actually had a bit of a disagreement on this a couple months ago. Um, what, the right to repair? Yeah, we did have a kind of disagreement on this, which is rare. We usually tend to agree. 
Except um, over iPad colours. but Except over iPad colours, where we're actually coming kind of back into the centre a little bit anyway, which we'll get to. Um, wait, well, we, yeah, I am. Do I, do, I don't know about you, but... A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. I've, I've made some capitulations, but I still know what I'm getting. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, T2's cool, I guess. I, I like what they're going with it. But the implications are kind of crap. The T2 is like your younger brother... Your academic younger brother that puts you to shame, but you can still appreciate how awesome it is. See, I am that academic younger brother. What, your younger sister's not more academic than you? No, I'm way more academic than my sister. I've never spoken to your sister. That's a lie. I have. I exchange, have I've exchanged like six words with your sister. What? I can't... Im- like, from when I've like briefly been in your house or seen her like walking your dogs. Oh, right. Okay. And like... I actually can't imagine what her personality is like. She's an interesting one. I mean, she's a 13-year-old girl, so... I forget know. how much younger than you she is. Massively younger. This is like almost a seven-year age gap. It's... Yeah. I, it's, yeah. When she gets older, I'll make an effort to engage in conversation and see what kind of person she is. I, I will as well. Yeah. I'll join you in that endeavour. Are you just no, not communicating with her? <laughs> No, 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 she's great. She's obviously just 13, and I'm not 13 anymore. <laughs> you know? Fair enough, fair enough, siblings. Um, yeah. What were we... Do? Oh, we were talking about the T2 and giving it some love. T2 camper vans, now they get all the love. I love those. Let's not. Um, okay. I was listening to a great podcast called Connected, episode 217, and... Uh, Mike Hurley was talking about a tweet he composed. Um, in fact, I can't remember the exact tweet, but I do have a link to it. And Google Docs is letting me open the link. Uh, Mike's tweet said, If you've read the iPad Pro reviews and think that iOS limitations means this device isn't for you, that's cool. It's a valid opinion. But on Wednesday, the people who already use these devices every day to run their business will get them. Let's see what those people say. Um, yeah, I sort of read that like I was reading off an iPad Pro, which I was. Basically, what he's saying is, um, (laughs) the review, like, literally today, I've been watching iPad Pro reviews for the last two weeks straight, even though I have one. And literally today, I spent 10 minutes watching the Wall Street Journal's YouTube review for it. And then at the end of it, the reviewer basically just said, yeah, no, don't bother. Like, he literally listed all the amazing things about this product and then was basically like, now nah, don't bother when you can get the £319 iPad. The tech Jack press, was veritably annoyed that he'd wasted the last 10 minutes of his life on this. The tech press are very... And lots of people who don't use these things. Now, as a disclaimer, I don't use an iPad Pro as a primary device. I'm, I'm trying to. I wouldn't... I've had it, like, a, a week today and I don't think I've used it enough to say I do yet. But I'm trying to use it as a primary device, a workhorse. But I can appreciate people are more productive on this. Certain people are more productive on this than they are on a Mac. But most people and the tech press are obsessed that this thing is just a more expensive normal iPad. Yeah, every pretty much 90... Yeah, 90% of the reviews I think all of us have seen is it all ends with the tagline that this is the best iPad Apple have ever made, but it's still an iPad. Now, arguably, 
the 10.5 inch and to some extent the 11 may be is more for people who want just a tablet but want the nicest one Apple make. The 12.9 is undeniably a work machine and the 11 inch in the right hand is also a work machine but a more portable version for sure. Yeah. But lots of people will buy the 11 who just want a nice tablet. Yeah, definitely. And for those people, that is absolutely fine. But people need to stop harking on about how iOS and the iPad is just not a work machine. Sure, there are lots of things very wrong about iOS in this situation. Yeah, I think that's kind of... is something that... I mean, I've just been reading through the replies to this tweet that, that, that Mike has written. I was on like the 5th of November, so it was a little while ago. Um, but... <laughs> All of the replies are just, I think the biggest issue with this, and we were kind of talking about this before we properly started recording, um, is that people can't seem to understand that if it doesn't work for them, it may work for someone else. Uh, if you are looking at spreadsheets and you need to compare you know, your accountant, then this probably isn't what you're looking for. Um, however, if you are a graphic designer, needs to use a stylus all the time needs to work on stuff like that god damn this is amazing um i'll bring up holly again she's a good example uh she is currently using my macbook pro not right now because i'm using it um her 2014 macbook air has had it nice nice and there are some things that when she you know she she gets frustrated every so often um when <laughs> she just can't draw she wants to draw like just just let her draw she wants to draw and she can't but an ipad is obviously the perfect solution for yeah her has that, she heard of the regards. apple pencil uh yeah she has but she doesn't have an ipad pro yet um it's, it's, it's stuff like that that for some people this ipad pro is so liberating and it has so many features and it's so versatile with things that you just cannot do on a mac um, but at the same time, there are drawbacks. There are things that you can't do on an iPad that you can do on a Mac. And it's all about trade-offs. And that's what it always has been. It's the trade-offs. It's like a new trade-off between portability and power, which isn't so much of an issue anymore because obviously everything is getting smaller. It's just the, this latest trade-off of no external storage support, that kind of thing, which is a massive issue for some people, but not for everyone. But I, I, to- I totally get, like, I, the biggest drawback, arguably, to this iPad is iOS to a degree. So, <clears throat> sorry, I think a lot of the things people say can't be done on an iPad but can be done on a Mac, 95% of those things can be done on an iPad. You just can't be bothered to figure out how. And then you could use the argument, why should I figure out how when I can just do it on my Mac? But, But maybe you like that kind of thing. Like, I, I just... Know. It, it, it is a difficult one because at the end of the day, your technology is there to make life easier. If it's not, then arguably it's the wrong tech for you. Um, very valid. That is kind of the underpinning, uh, you know, fundamental here that tech is here to make our lives easier. And if you have to figure out how to use it, obviously, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking, you know, that there's degrees here. So obviously if you want to... You use spreadsheets, then you've got to learn how to use numbers or Excel. I'm not saying, you know, not that basic. But if, if, if you have to make a workaround and there's something that you can use where you don't have to make the workaround, you obviously, you know, use the path of least resistance here, which for you may be a Mac. Um, but there are people that have exactly the same thing, just flipped. 
Exactly, and that's the key thing here. The other side of this tweet was people criticizing the new hardware, saying, well, what does this one do that the old one doesn't? Sure, face ID and stuff, but what in terms of productivity can this do that the old one can't? Yeah. And this is just nonsense, because the 2018 MacBook Air can't do anything that the 2017 can't. The, right. It's, it, but it's the hardest... You can hardest. plug a USB-C into it. You can use adapters. Yay. You know, it's like... It's got Touch ID. Okay, cool. It's like, yeah. That but... doesn't do anything other than the old MacBook Air. It's such a moot point. But it's newer. The processors are faster. It's a new design. It It's a new model. It's... Yeah. It's like the 2018 Ford Fiesta doesn't take you to it doesn't unlock places that the 2017 couldn't go but it's a nicer better more efficient car i don't know but i think i think there's a lot of strange rhetoric about this ipad that needs to die yeah i think i think because this one is this one has a real potential to be a pro device much more so than the other ipad pros used to be um I think that's just being really divisive at the moment. We're in that transitional period where a product is... scaring people. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think it's scaring people. Yeah, that this 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 is new. This is the new age, you know. Laptops aren't are kind of going. They're not or des- traditional desktops are kind of going. Obviously they're not at all and you know we've talked about this before, but this is the beginning. And I saw it? a great tweet that was something along the lines of I can't wait for Xcode to come onto the iPad. The Mac has been great, but I'm ready for the future. Man, that hurts me. It hurts, but YOLO. It's not wrong, you know? It's not exactly. wrong. Exactly. It's not wrong. Cool. Okay. Let's talk about let's finish the show and talk about the impressions of the iPad cool. Pro. Yeah, let's go for it. Um I picked mine up from Regent Street Apple uh a week ago today, last Saturday. I had ordered for in-store pickup when I finally decided which colour to go for and then I collected it about two days later when I was back from Belgium. I walk into the store and notification comes up on my phone saying, Welcome, tap here to collect your items. I opened it. It said, wait by the watch table and when you're ready, you can... It effectively said something along the lines of summon your items and a specialist will bring them out for you. I pressed the blue button. It said the name of the, the gentleman who brought me my items uh, it said how long he was going to be. It said, uh, I can't remember his name, but it said so-and-so will be with you in three to five minutes. Uh, it let me add a description of myself. And he just walked over, said my name, handed it to me. We had a little chat. Um, he checked my ID. Uh, we shook hands and that was that. It was seamless. And just when you think a retail experience can't get any better, it does. And it blew my mind, quite frankly. And I every time from now on, when I'm getting an Apple product, if the option's there for me, I'm going in store pickup. Sounds really cool. And it's definitely what I'll be doing. Yeah, I'd imagine it will be what I'll do. I just um, think Apple are just <laughs> tearing up the playbook when it comes to retail. The playbook that they wrote. Yeah, right. Angela's doing a good job. Angela is amazing. She is doing such wonders for that company. Very good job. Cool. Okay, let's go at- over actual impressions. I'm going to sort of rattle through them a little bit because of time. Um, and you're the one that actually has one, so... It's very thin. I'm scared of it bending. I've seen videos. It bends very easily. In fact, I had someone actually email me, uh, one of my YouTube viewers actually emailed me, and I feel really bad for him. 
Uh, he basically said he finally saved up for an 11-inch iPad Pro, took it to school once. It bent in his bag and cracked the screen. Oh, my God. And I felt awful. I really did. That's horrible. And I think this thing does probably bend really easily. And I was so relieved when I finally managed to get Apple Care to go through on it. Uh, because I feel like this could be an issue because I'm carrying it around in my backpack. Anyway, yeah. I'm scared of bends. I can also see why people think it's thicker when you talk to them about it at work. Because that new industrial design change, it kind of, it's hard to comprehend how thin these are. I've just seen a GIF of The Verge bending an iPad Pro. It's easy, right? And it is very easy. <laughs> yep, it doesn't oh take much force. Okay. Yeah, I'm being careful with this one. Um, Jesus. I went for the one I mentioned on the last episode. I went for the Space Grey 12.9256 cellular. I love the grey. I really do. When I went and saw them in store, it was very easy for me to make up my mind. I just I just kept wanting the silver but couldn't make myself want it. I wanted to want the silver. That's <laughs> what was going on there. I just couldn't get it. And I still don't get it when viewed from the front. I hate how you have that black edge and you just see the silver trim. I don't like it. But looking at the back and seeing it in the keyboard, I like the contrast now. Something I actually helped me make my decision on the grey because I didn't like the contrast. But now I do. I still really like the grey and I still prefer it. But I'm, I've come to terms with the silver. And I think that maybe partially you want what you don't have or can't have. Um, but I've come to terms with it, and I do appreciate the silver a lot more. Yeah, um, I, I, kind of the same, not quite, but I mean, obviously I don't have mine yet. Um, the grey has kind, I don't want to say it's grown on me, but I understand it more. Um, not so much on the 11 inch, this is a big difference. On the 12.9, I appreciate the grey more. Um, I would. St I'm still going to go for the silver. I still prefer the silver, but I understand the space grey. Um, I feel like when Mister Ive was designing this, he was designing it in space grey to just disappear. It is. This is the probably one of the, well, as as I think we we're talking about last week that it really harks back to the six and how industrially bare these products are. And the space grey again, it just kind of mutes everything a little bit more. It really gives you that feeling of you have this bit of this sheet of glass in your hand that just that and that's it. It's just this sheet of glass and that's how you're meant to use it. Um, and I feel like that kind of gives the space grey is more true to that than the silver is. Um, purely obviously because of the colour. The same thing we we're talking about with the ten R earlier. Um and so, so I understand the space grey as well. I just don't really like the colour. If it was black, actually black, that'd be a different story. Oh, God, if it was black. <laughs> in the keynote, I actually thought they briefly... Because they saw when they did that thing in the reveal video where they swiped through the colours. They went space grey, silver, then back to space grey. And I thought for a moment there was a black one. The second grey was like another black. And I got really hyped, but unfortunately not. Yeah, if if it were black, this would be a different story, I think. Um, however, for me, I'm just not a fan of this space grey they've got at the moment. Um, I just don't like the colour. Again, it's very similar to what they've kind of done on, on, on the 10R. Like, I have nothing against the colour on that one, however, but it just, ugh, just the effect it has is nice, but I just really don't like the space grey. 
Um, and for me, it feels the same as the MacBook Pros. I don't like the Space Gray on any of the MacBooks. Space Gray on iMac Pro, completely different story. We That's, that's the exception to the rule. Um, but otherwise, Space Gray on the MacBooks and MacBook Pros, I don't like it either. Um, and this, for me, just feels like the same. It, this Space Gray gives me the same feeling that they do. Yeah, I, I'm happy with my choice. Um, I really like the Gray. I'm less against the Silver, but... Yeah, I'd still recommend the grey, realistically. I just don't like that front view of the silver. Anyway, moving on, the screen feels photoshopped, like uh, we were saying. It feels like it's sitting on top of the device, just like when I first saw an iPhone X. It looks amazing. And this is what we yeah. were saying. MKBHD actually suggested that this is the best display Apple have ever made, despite it not being OLED, because OLED doesn't have things like ProMotion. And arguably, ProMotion makes for a better display with a liquid a liquid retina display with promotion is arguably better than a super retina OLED display without promotion. And I agree. <laughs> I honestly agree. I think this thing is awesome. Yeah. I think I'm inclined to, but I'll need to spend some time with the new with the new iPad Pro before I can say any more to be honest. But yeah, I I definitely see the sentiment there. And obviously they couldn't put ProMotion on the Liquid Retina on the XR because that would be something that the XS just straight up didn't have. And that wouldn't be okay at all. No, no, definitely not. Um, I love using iOS in this quote-unquote laptop form factor. This is the first time I've had a smart keyboard. I love it. I When I went to use the new MacBook Air the other day, I was trying to touch the screen. It's on the iPad. I'm not looking for a cursor or a trackpad. But on the Mac, I instinctively start going for Command-H to go home or touch the icons or swipe to bring up the dock. And that, to me, says that this is the more natural of the two the, to interact with this form factor, this touch screen, this keyboard, yeah. this operating system, these gestures. But please, Apple, come on. External storage support, less of a grid system on this 12.9-inch display. iOS 13, please, I want to make this my main portable and I'm going to force myself to do it in its current state but please Apple sort it out the software here again is there's no two ways about it it is limiting like Premiere Rush for some reason I can't export videos in 4k on Premiere Rush I don't know if I'm doing something wrong I was using iCloud photo library to import video and then editing it I thought this was great I'm going to try LumaFusion to do my iPad Pro review video but I just couldn't get my head around why this software was limiting me and I had to just go and do it on my iMac because the actual functionality was more than enough to edit an unboxing for YouTube. But I couldn't export it in 4K. No idea why. And that just sort of sums up the whole iPad Pro experience. It's like you get so close, but there is just one thing that's limiting you. Right um, at the end. Just yeah. why? Yeah. And I feel like that's... that's that's the, the the not the crying shame, but the frustration with the with these iPad Pros is it's so nearly there, but there's one thing that is stopping it from realizing its full potential almost, and I'd say a, a lot of that kind of tends to be iOS more than anything else. The charging experience, charging in the battery is great. I love USB-C. The only funny moment was like when I suddenly realized I can't plug it into my 2012 iMac. I had to hunt down a USB-C to USB cable. Where did um, you find one of those out of curiosity? I had one, actually. I remembered oh. I had one. I bought one so I could charge my Switch off a external battery. Oh, uh, fair enough. 
Fair enough. And I found nice. it. And once it's paired with my iMac, I can do it all wirelessly anyway. So that's not needed anymore. But I sort of just stood there thinking, do I have an adapter for this? Yeah, right. That, that split second being like, hold on a minute. I can't actually do this, which is the first time that's happened with cables to me, I think. Um, it charges so fast because I charge it off my MacBook Pro uh, charger, my 13-inch MacBook Pro charger. It's, yeah, it charges. I've accidentally fallen into fast charging because I'm charging my <laughs> iPad Pro off my MacBook charger. And I haven't done this yet, but I can charge my iPhone with a lightning to USB-C cable off the 18-watt power brick that ships with the iPad Pro. And now I've got fast charging on all my devices, accidentally. Yeah. Um, yep. Which I'm pretty pleased with. But yeah, these things can draw up to 45 watt. So the 61 watt charger that came in my MacBook Pro is is peak power. And it's all USB-C PD power delivery, so it's safe. It draws what it needs. Um, yeah. And the battery life. Oh, it's just stellar. It's so stellar. good. Stellar. <laughs> yeah. Like the drink. I'm now in um I'm now in the position where my iPhone battery just lasts and I get through the day easily. Like it's still on fifty five percent and I haven't charged it today. My iPad Pro is on sixty five percent and it's and it's twenty past nine at night. I'm very happy with both of these batteries. We definitely um, need to start recording these earlier in the day. Yeah, but we work till like six PM, so Yeah. Um, the keyboard is so much better than the smart keyboard. Uh, the smart keyboard Folo is so much better than the smart keyboard was. It doesn't have that horrible lump, which was a crime, the oh, way it yeah, folded it up. <laughs> uh, it feels better on your lap because it's one solid bottom piece. It has two viewing angles, and I'm actively using both. Right now it's in the desk mode, or what I think is the desk mode, the more upright one, which I've been using the most. And then I've been using the slanted one occasionally. It's still such a missed opportunity, though. Why are there no colours? Why the hell is it only grey? Why aren't the keys luminous? I get you can't fit a backlight in there, but why are they not glowing in the dark? Like, come on. It's obvious. Why is there no button to access Siri? Why is there no lock button? Why can't I invoke the app switcher from the keyboard? Why are there no media controls? Why can't I change the brightness? Whereas loads of third-party keyboards can do that, but, spoiler, I don't want a third-party keyboard. I don't want to charge it. I don't want to pair it over Bluetooth. I don't want some lump of aluminium that clips onto the side. Sorry, Bridge. I don't want it. I want an Apple design keyboard. But why are Apple making a pro device that has a very consumer keyboard? I don't get it. And it costs £200. What? <laughs> like, I just can't fathom how much Apple dropped the ball on this one while still making a product I love. It's really weird. That was very impassioned. I'm proud of you. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah. Thank you very no, much. I, I worked hard on that. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. There's kind of those things. I've never had a smart keyboard. I will get a, the smart keyboard folio with my iPad Pro. I won't get it immediately, um, but I will do at some point. Um, and I see what you mean. All of those things, I am definitely going to notice the, the absence of, so to speak. I've had every generation of iPad Pro. I've always had the small one. So that's why I think I never really bothered with the keyboard. And when I got the 12.9, I'm like, doing it this time for sure. God, I love this 12.9 so much. I love the 11 as well. I'm really considering the multi-pad lifestyle. But <laughs> I can't justify it. 
But I am of the two, I'm very happy I have this 12.9 at last. It's like when you skip a phone generation and then you get the new one with all the features of the one you missed. It's that kind of rewarding feeling. I finally have the 12.9 and I waited till it was in a form factor that I was happy with. And that's very rewarding. Cool. Um, The pencil is great. I cannot fault it. They literally took everything that was wrong with the first one and fixed it. Sure, it does kind of fall off in your bag. Not really, maybe a little, but it it's it's fine. I love the pencil. It's always ready to go. It's there. It's charged. It's attached. It has its place. I love the matte finish. I love the shape of it. I love the size of it. I love the new look of it. I know you're not a fan of the matte, but yeah, I like I kind it. of. I it's it's fine. I I don't say I'm. It's not that I'm not a fan, but it does kind of. It looks and feels, I think anyway, doesn't feel like a hundred nineteen pound stylus. <laughs> it feels cheaper. Than... I honestly think it feels so much more premium than the old one. That's weird. I don't. I just think it. I. I don't think it feels as premium as the first one. The glossy finish I preferred. I liked the little silver strip. I thought I was cool. You know, whatever. Um, I don't, I'm not really too. Don't care about that going really. But I liked it. Um. Very but otherwise, I agree that functionally, this this pencil is way better. Of course, it is. Um, but I just kind of wish it was glossy. I mean, it's, it seems so insignificant when I put it like that. But to me, it does does definitely. It matters feel... when you're paying 120 pound. You want the design to be something you like. That's why we like Apple stuff. Exactly. It is a it is an expensive pencil, <laughs> um, and it, to me, it just doesn't feel as premium. Um, which again, obviously, I'm still going to get one. It's not. It doesn't. It's not changing my mind or anything. But again, just a little niggle, I suppose, more than anything. Um, but everything else they've done with it, I love it. I love that it's a lot shorter. It's easier to use. The last one was obscenely long, um, and obviously, you know, uh, while retaining um, the pencil feel rather than becoming just a little pointy stylus, they've done yeah, it right, perfectly. right, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm also working on a video review. I really hope to get that done. And I'm going to edit it all on the iPad as well, which will be on my YouTube channel uh, within a few weeks. I'm taking my time on it. I'm not rushing it out. Um, I'm going to let you basically go through all your impressions of it again when you get one, even if that's on like episode five or six. Like, Yeah, all right. Cool. I think you're going to have opinions that you only get when you've been using this thing. And I think sure you're going to I think you're going to love it. Um, I would imagine I, I'm prepared to. I'm definitely preparing myself to, to, to love it. Um, the one thing I will say that I have noticed um, is that I think... Uh, we, we were talking about it here when you... Um, that even though, obviously, we know it's thinner and it is incredibly thin, but I cannot escape looking at it and it looks chunkier. It's um, weird, right? It is weird. I think, obviously, I know what it is. I know exactly what it is. It's the fact that, obviously, all these edges are squared off. They haven't been like that on the other iPad Pros. And in your hand, I've noticed that, obviously, if when you're holding this iPad Pro, you are within, your palm of your hand is within full contact with the side of this device. Now, if you pick up an old 10.5 or 12.9, not all of your palm is in contact with the side of this device because, obviously, it curves around. Which means when you're holding it, it physically feels bigger. It does feel thicker, and I've I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, um, and it does it does feel thicker, but it isn't, and I know it isn't, but it looks it, and it, and depending on how you're holding it, it feels thicker. 
Um, Interesting. Uh, no, I totally agree. But then I look at it objectively, and it's not at all. It's beautifully thin. But because Apple have... It's been a while since we've had some squared off edges. Um, it does It does just kind of look chunky. And obviously, of course, because now all the cases cover the back and the front. Which they have to because of the massive camera bump. Um <laughs> So they have to. Otherwise, this thing would be wouldn't be level at all. It'd be rocking it on the table. Um, but again, because all the cases as well, all the cases are going to make it feel thicker. So even though it is thinner, everything about it, other than the physical, the hard facts, makes it feel thicker than 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 the one before. Um, which is weird. Yep. It's it's very very true. It is in. In the hand, it, and the way it looks, it does look thicker, despite being significantly thinner. It's really weird. It is in in every in every way other than the objective measurement. It feels thicker, which is weird. It is just odd. Um, but yeah, that, that's all. That's all I have to say because uh, that's 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 my only. Yeah, again, this is kind of like the ten R, I guess, but not at all because the ten R is actually thick as crap. Well, I look forward to you getting one, and I definitely want to hear what you think when you get it. Um, I'll be interested to see how long it takes you to get a keyboard, because I think you might get one fairly f- faster than you're expecting, because it really entirely changes this experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're probably what right. I just wish it wasn't just in grey. Ugh, stickers. Stickers are the way. You're right, I'm covering it in stickers. Honestly, I'm covering it in stickers. I cannot... That grey is the worst... is the ugliest grey I've ever seen. It looks so Microsoft. When the new product hype wears off, I'm going to sticker this bad boy up. I'm doing... I think I'm going to have to do it straight away. I've never been able to sticker an Apple product before, but this one I actively dislike the look of it, so I will. Another thing about it is it weighs a ton. When you put a 12.9 in this smart case, it is a brick. I picked um, one up today because just because I know that you've been saying how heavy it was, or relatively speaking, of course. Um, and, and I get what you mean. I picked up an 11-inch one and then the 12.9, both with the keyboards and the pencils or docks, or, you know, everything you'll you'll have on it. And it, it is weighty, obviously, for an iPad Pro. You know, it's still not, you know... I mean, I'm coming from a 15-inch 2015 MacBook Pro, which weighs a ton um, in comparison. But compared to the 10.5, it... A 12.9 is heavy. A new 12.9 is very heavy. And again, that blocky design. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna notice that. I'm sure. Um, again, yeah, again, it just all adds to it. Kind of feeling chunky. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, of course. Uh, but it, yeah, it's just again between your heart and mind arguing with you that you know that this is this is thinner, but it's just hard hard to accept the fact that it is. Um, which is why I remember when we were talking last week how it is the, or a couple of weeks ago, how it is the thinnest bar, the, what did I say, 7th Gen Nano, I think? Nano, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel it. It just really doesn't feel it at all. It doesn't, it doesn't look like the second thinnest product Apple have ever released. It's a fascinating industrial design, and I'm, I'm really pleased with it, and I think it's going to be something we're discussing for quite a while. Johnny, you've done it again. Make a red one. Johnny... Go make us a product, Red Run. And on that note, I think it's time to end this week's show because it's going to be very long to edit because we've been nearly recording two hours. And I I'm go really hungry. Well. I'm yeah. very hungry. I'm um, starving. We will, we will be back in two weeks, um, keeping to our fortnightly schedule every Tuesday. Uh, 
If you want to see more of my content, you can visit my website, which is blueinkcode.com. You can find me on YouTube as iCollectApple. And you can also find me on Instagram as Taylor. Lex, once again, can anyone find you anywhere yet? Uh, if you want to see more of my content, you can listen to the two previous episodes again. There we go. And uh, we will catch you in two weeks. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Awesome. Bye-bye. Bye.